This episode of Priority One is brought to you by Sayulita.com. For more information, visit Sayulita.com and by listeners like you. Visit PriorityOnePodcast.com for more information on how you can continue to support our network. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 168 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast. Recorded Thursday, April 3rd, 2014, live on trekradio.net and available for download or streaming Monday, April 7th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Cookie. I'm Jace. And I'm Elijah. Well, Elijah, tell us what we have in store this week. Captains, this week we trek out who's taking the helm of the Star Trek film series now that JJ's moved on to other things. Then we trek out more of season 9 content with dev blogs number 7 through 9. And of course, this week we celebrate First Contact Day. So we'll find out what's going on in Star Trek Online to celebrate. Later, Chivalry Bean brings us his latest Foundry Officers report in our Community Spotlight segment of the show. And of course, as always, we'll open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming from you, our listeners. Captains, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. You can continue to support Priority One with real-world donations by helping us reach our monthly financial goals. We are all volunteers, and we could use your help with purchasing new equipment, with hosting fees, or to alleviate travel expenses when we cover conventions on location throughout the year. Captains, don't forget that PriorityOnePodcast.com offers more than just podcasts. This week, in Varzek's Roleplayer's Guide to the Galaxy, we learn how best to roleplay as a true Klingon warrior. In her latest Observer's Log, Candace Zanzinger interviews Angelia Parento of Total Con. Check out these blogs and more only on PriorityOnePodcast.com. And lastly, Captains, before we move on with the show, we invite you to keep an eye on our social media platforms like Facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast or on Twitter at STO Priority One. Every Sunday these last couple of weeks around 9 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. or so, uh, we've been taking to Twitch.tv for live playthroughs of Star Trek Online. Last week, for instance, we did the new Undine Battlezone on Tribble. You'll find that it's hosted by the cast and crew of Priority One Podcast and the Priority One Fleet. So feel free to subscribe to our Twitch.tv channel at twitch.tv forward slash Priority One. Well, Captains, let's trek out who's at the helm of the new Trek movies. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. Ever since it was announced that J.J. Abrams would be leaving the world of Star Trek to pursue a torrid love affair with Star Wars, the harlot of the sci-fi fantasy world, many have wondered what is going to happen to the Star Trek movie franchise. Who will take over the love-hate relationship that has developed since the new movies came out? Will they make changes or stay with the same themes and storylines? 
Well, according to a recent article on TrekCore.com, in December of 2013, it was announced that J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay would join Robert Orsi as the lead writers in Star Trek III to be released in 2016. I know that seems so far away, but it just so happens to be the 50-year anniversary of Star Trek's television premiere. So far, there's been very little information on these new writers, but recently some interviews have surfaced with Payne as he discusses his experiences in joining the world of Star Trek. In an interview published on LDSLiving.com, Payne states, I've done a few projects with J.J. Abrams' company, Bad Robot. We've developed a really solid working relationship. A friend over there came to us and said, So, we've got a new project to discuss with you guys. It's very preliminary, but... And we were just sort of waiting for it. And then they said, it's Star Trek 3. Payne has been a fan of Star Trek since he was 15 years old. And when asked what is in store for Star Trek fans, he replied, I can't really talk about much of what it is. At its core, Star Trek has always been about adventure, exploration, and wonder, with an optimistic sense of the future and all its possibilities. It's a massive playground. We're so excited to be diving in on it. He later explains, Star Trek is unique in that it often grapples with complex ethical and moral dilemmas. We'd love to create a situation like that where you really could be a person of any background and come down on both sides of how you should respond. Where you can walk out and say, you know, I really don't know what I would do. What would you do? What's right to do? And get the audience to really engage. So, although we don't really know what direction the film is going to go, we at least know who is going to be the brains behind the project. I, for one, welcome our new Star Trek film, Overlords. I think we need fresh blood and a new perspective. And maybe a little less lens flare, yeah? Captains, discover something that you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? Send them over to us via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Well, let's trek out what happened in Star Trek Online News. Computer, status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. On April 5th, the entire world unites in celebration to mark the day when Zephyr Cochran broke the faster-than-light speed barrier with a repurposed nuclear missile, the Phoenix. This successful pilot run resulted in a first contact engagement with a Vulcan scout ship. Each faction will celebrate in its own way. Federation captains will be invited to visit the crew of the Enterprise and tour the bridge. Upon completing the mission for the first time, you earn yourself a replica of the Phoenix non-combat pet. Warriors of the Klingon Empire will reflect on the year's honors with Chancellor Jimpok and earn a Tritanium Rending Batleth, if you've never run it before. New this year, the Romulans celebrate Republic Day Complete the mission aboard the Lisette and you will be rewarded with a small Nanav non-combat ground pet. Several weeks ago in episodes 158 and 158.5, we chatted with STO's lead designer, Al Captain Gecko Rivera. During that discussion, he teased us with the changes coming to ground kits in Star Trek Online. Now we're seeing that new mechanic coming to light in Season 9, Dev Blog number 7, with its official announcement by systems designer Jeff Adjudicator Hawk Hamilton and UI artist Thomas the Cryptic Cat Maroney. All right, so let's talk about the kit revamp in a bit more detail. So currently, as kits exist, they are a fixed set of anywhere from one to five ground powers of different levels. The most powerful kits 
currently being your fleet kits available from a couple of fleet holdings, which have five abilities, whereas the old top mark kits only had four. So this is going to change radically. We already knew that it was going to be a more customizable system. The way it's going to work now is ground enemies will have a chance to drop kit items and the fleet holding stores will be updated with the new style modular kits. So the new kits, when you equip them, will give you a series of slots, still one to five, but now they are slots that can be filled with modules that give you powers so you can mix and match. For example, if you're an engineer and you like some fabrication powers, but some mechanic powers, you'll be able to have some of both in certain kits. Slots will be labeled as either mechanic or fabrication or medic or research or assault or strategic, or you may have a universal slot that's just tactical science or engineering appropriate to your profession in which you can slot either. Your current kits will still exist. You will have an option to trade them in for equivalent kits under the new system, or you can keep them if you're happy with them. These will be hot swappable. The kit modules do not lock into place like gems in WoW, for example. In any case, these are fully swappable, which seems to be the route they're going with the reputation traits being hot swappable, with loadouts, with ship swapping, and now with the kit modules. There has been talk that there may potentially be a slot for a universal where you could even slot something cross-class, because I see folks are talking about that in the chat. However, there's balance issues with that, so it likely won't be around right away. And if it is, I'd be surprised if it's anything that is currently available for that exact reason. Balance issues, right? You don't want to have a tactical officer being able to fabricate turrets and, and shield enhancers. You may want him to have a lesser engineering power. Otherwise, what's, what's the point? Right. That's definitely a way they could handle that mechanic because you will have rarity levels for the modules where a very rare module will be the equivalent of a level three power currently in a kit. One note with this is that currently, even the top tier kits have a mix of power levels, like one, 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 two, one, three, or, or some mix and match. Under the new system, you will eventually be able to fill your entire kit with rank three powers. So once you've earned access or unlock or gotten from drops or lock boxes or reputation or the fleet system, the modules that you want, you'll be able to have potentially five rank three powers all in your kit of your preference, which I think is pretty cool. That is that is pretty cool. Now, combining that with the ability to slot custom ground rep traits, I think we're looking at a little bit of a, a ground renaissance. I'm hoping that some more good ground content like the Voth Battle Zone comes out because I'm definitely more interested in building up the ground side of my character than I have been in the past. The ground battle zone was probably the first time in a long time that I did any ground combat. I even tried doing the Defera stuff, and, and th although that's fun and, and interesting, it still wasn't enough for me to want to go down and repeat that content over and over. The battle zone, however, I will repeat that content because it's fun. So I'm looking forward to these changes to the kit because I have not changed my kit since... I just, I don't remember. I can't recall the last time I changed. I even bothered to care what it was in my kit. I'm usually just firing i may go ahead and use something like uh, focus was it focus fire that improves the accuracy i don't remember but uh but that goes to show i don't care i you know it just doesn't yeah i don't even know the names of all my ground powers it's <laughs> so in most cases i just button mash when i'm on the ground and definitely just shoot to kill and that's it mm -hmm. whereas in space there's strategy you know i want to do an alpha strike and i want to do it properly you know although there's arguably some button mashing in space it's not like ground where in ground who cares other than engineers who can fabricate 
mortars. There's nothing else that I would care to have or care to learn. Mm -hmm. So this will hopefully inject some new flavor into the ground combat. I agree. And again, this is another change intended to make the system expandable. So if they have a new ground power they want to add in, they can start dropping that module or add that module right. to a new rep system or to a new lockbox. All right, in Season 9, dev blog number 8, we've got a new Undine mission coming in the form of a queuable PvE event. The Undine are attacking planets in the Alpha and Beta Quadrants, Gornar, Andor, Cardassia, Ferenginar, and they've all got fully grown planet killers in orbit. And it's up to you and your team to stop them. So we took it upon ourselves to attempt this mission during our live recording here on trekradio.net. And it's a complicated mission. It really is. There's a lot to do. It, don't expect infected space elite on this because that's not going to happen. There are three lanes. We'll call them lanes that you have to go through. Not only defeat the ships, but escort a blockade of the planet's blockade to, to help stop these rifts. So you have to not only destroy the ships, you have to escort the other ships and then close the rifts. And then two rifts per lane. So you essentially have to split up, right? You should probably, the first thing is split up. Right. So it should probably be teams of two and two and then maybe, you know, somebody in a very powerful cruiser take on one of them on their own. Yeah. Right. So then after you destroy the, it's essentially then six rifts, two per lane. You then focus your attention to the planet killer, which is at the end of the middle lane. Well, after you close all six rifts, the dreadnought will spawn and it spawns near the planet killer. So there's a small flotilla that you have to fight and getting rid of them obviously makes the fight against the planet killer much easier and the planet killer like in the doomsday machine you can only fire it at its mouth and it's got a lot of hit points you got to bring down you are not going to bring that thing down quickly kind of reminded me of the crystalline entity as far as how long it took for <laughs> to bring it down mm -hmm. well the thing about the crystalline entity is that that's it that's just the one target right you've got the mirror ships around you but in this case you've got multiple objectives you've got a Stop the ships, you gotta close the rifts. The errant rifts spawn during the fight with the planet killer, and ideally someone of an appropriate captain class flies out and quickly closes that rift and flies back. But I didn't quite catch exactly what effects those errant rifts have. This is definitely not uh, an infected space elite captains where you can just kind of go in, blow stuff up, and you're done. This is something that will require a bit of time and certainly uh, some practice. And probably most importantly, communication with the rest of your team the reward system was broken on triple i think my group got six fleet marks and yours got five which was you know epic but presumably the finished version will convert all those points to what your final total marks is in some format but what is the point though it's how many rifts you close on in that short amount of time i wasn't clear on that. that there was some sort period? of combo multiplier i don't know if it's if you close rifts like all at the same time or what exactly well, Captains, we will definitely continue to play these missions on Tribble up until the release of Season 9, and we'll continue to learn about them and, and report about them in coming episodes here on PriorityOnePodcast.com. But we encourage you to check it out yourself on the Tribble test server and also help identify any key bugs that may uh, break the experience. 
In season nine, dev blog number nine, Joe Jing discusses the three new face shapes and three new complexions to hit STO in season nine. As we highlighted last week, players will soon have access to a much higher variety of faces. In the past, making a character with a little ethnic diversity or even a younger age was a bit difficult, but the Star Trek character team will be adding humanoid head shapes and complexions three, four, and five. And along with that, they improved standard two. Nothing drastic, but minor fixes to the texture, stretching, and resolution. There are pics in the dev blog, so be sure to take a look and check out these changes. They work for all human-like species. They didn't want to restrict specific features to specific combinations, so they're fully interchangeable. So you're not limited, and you can mix and match. After all, Star Trek has always embraced diversity. So hopefully we will see more characters embrace this change in Season 9. And I really appreciated this point in the article, and I quote, Remember that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So what one person may think is ugly, the next may think is gorgeous. I love that quote. It's Very so nice. true. That's deep. I just want to add a note about the most recent update to Tribble. Very lengthy patch notes, including some things we already talked about. But I do want to mention that species traits have been updated to use the same slotting rules as reputation traits and no longer require respec tokens to change. They can be swapped between any unlocked traits while out of combat. So species and reputation traits will both be hot swappable and both will be limited. What? Yes, big news, big news. That is crazy. Your one trait that is unique to your species, I presume, will still not be changeable. But things like Grace Under Fire for an engineer, or if you've taken some of the abilities like uh, the, the one that boosts your accuracy targeting, those will be able to be hot swappable. For example, my tactical character has all space traits. He's a space character. He has all space traits. Now, if I know I'm going to go do ground missions, before I go into the ground mission, I can change and swap in ground traits. So no more trait respect tokens. And I guess that makes sense because how often were any players getting a respect token to change their traits? Maybe their skills, but not a trait token. I mean, you, you generally set it and forget it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like anybody's thinking exactly what you said, which is, oh, I'm going to go do space. Let me respect. Uh, I'm going to go do ground. Let me respect and use my optional ground traits because nobody does that. That brings up a great point, though, because we've started to see the genetic resequencers in lockboxes. But perhaps they feel that allowing people free respects of traits will encourage more people to be interested in unlocking more traits using the lockbox resequencers. So there might be some strategy yeah. along with that. Yeah. I do also want to mention cool. something that was very controversial on the forums that uh, Sunseal brings up, that cutscenes will no longer be spacebar skippable in missions. Oh, why? However... Oh. However, you will still be able to skip them using the escape key. <laughs> okay. I actually didn't even know you could oh skip God. them with space bar before. I always used escape. I was drinking right when you said that, and I had to hold it in. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. So, captains, let's have that be our community question this week. What do you think of the ability to hot swap your species traits between space and ground? Do you think that you're going to be doing that more often when you go on a ground mission? Did you ever think of doing that now in the current iteration of the game where you had to spend a token? Let us know your thoughts in the comment section for this episode on PriorityOnePodcast.com or on the official forum post for this episode on the Star Trek Online forums. 
That wraps STO News. Now let's get into this week's Foundry Officers Report with Chivalry Dean. Chivalry Dean here with another Foundry Officer Report. Star Sword C brings us Bait and Switch, part one of a series. Bait and Switch has space and ground combat, a plot that takes you around the quadrant, and some nice points of dialogue options. The story starts on Deep Space Nine with a grumpy admiral giving you orders to go on patrol and look for pirates. I really liked the starting spaceman. There were ships mining that you could talk to. This showed off another feature of the mission, optional dialogue. You can just zip right to the objective, but you can also immerse yourself in the story and talk to the miners about pirates, and gather more information. This type of gameplay is also on a few other maps. At each point of the story, you're led further along and the plot develops. You meet more key players and find out what's going on. At a few points, I could choose how to respond to things in conversation, which I liked, and the dialogue trees were built well. I could easily navigate them and repeat selections if I wanted to look at something again. Combat is fairly basic and won't get in the way of the story if you're there mostly for the story. A few higher level mobs here and there do spice it up a bit though. An area that could be improved is the enemy placement on the ground. One room has them scattered about a large bay area, which is really good, but most other places just have them standing in a lump in a hallway. Placing them around and giving a few of them animations would liven up the atmosphere. I also appreciated the final dialogue box with suggestions of other authors' missions to play, some of which have been featured on this show. Bait and Switch is a nicely told story with a nice mix of player interactions, optional immersion, and more to come. Now let's open in hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See? We are getting to know each other. All right, Captains, we are at the point of the show where we read back your thoughts and get a discussion going about it. So last week's community question was, with the introduction of more team-oriented play, how do you think this will affect your playtime in Star Trek Online? Will pickup groups soon be a thing of the past and players need to find themselves relying on a fleet or... <gasps> friends? <gasps> the horror. Dun-dun-dun. The Grand Nagus commented via PriorityOnePodcast.com. Thanks for another great episode. You're welcome, Grand Nagus. So, about team play. It seems like STO isn't sure what kind of game it wants to be. I think it's safe to say that from the tutorial to the last episode in the Mission Journal, STO is basically a solo game. But as soon as you finish that last episode, it's all team play. For those of us who have been max level for years, we're used to playing in groups. But I'm not sure whether new players will like the drastic way their gameplay changes overnight when hitting max level. Maybe the game needs to start making group gameplay a part of the game throughout the leveling experience. I think that's a good point. The, the problems that you run into with that is finding people in the right level range to do the content, right? Because everybody levels up as fast as they can. So if you have a group mission that's level 20 to 30, it's hard to find folks in that level unless you use well, the scaling buddy system. This is, in fact, a very good point because, you know, a lot of the leveling in Star Trek Online is solo play. You know, you do these missions and you, you get them done on your on your own. It's not like a City of Heroes where every mission you had to do, you really needed to do a pug and get the missions accomplished, whether it be a dungeon mission or something quick. <clears throat> but I think that some of the missions need to be revisited so that there isn't that drastic shift 
from solo play to team play, and players can, can get into the habit of having to rely on others for mission objectives to be accomplished. I agree. Cookie, when did you start seeing that you had to get in team, or did you always play in teams, like even when you leveled up? Well, it was something I was terrified of, first of all. But it's, uh, everything he said is true. I mean, I completely agree with it. And I even have like a fleet mate that still has not done any team stuff because he doesn't want to upset the other players, because you will. He doesn't want to be thrown into something that he doesn't know how to do it and screw it all up. And that's just the way it happens. Pretty much you have to go with people that you know that are patient and that know that you're going to mess it up. And if you were alone and you didn't have any friends, I don't know how you would do it. I think that would be very difficult because it does kind of just throw you in it. It doesn't give you any training, really, to do these STFs or the group things. So you pretty much have to either be trained by someone that you know or if you don't, I don't know, I guess mess the thing up for everybody. All right. On PriorityOnePodcast.com, Akuha Shuzen writes, The new stuff is puggable. It's just a matter of if you get a good pug or a bad pug. As for the new Undine Space Battle Zone, as seen on Triple, the reward is terrible. I get better rewards from the Vatha Ground Battle Zone, so let's pray that the rewards get upgraded, because as of now, it's not really worth doing. The Battle Zone, we had the opportunity of playing that on Sunday night on Tribble. And I gotta say, it was really fun. And we hope to do a dedicated segment for it, probably on next week's episode, where we run down what needs to be accomplished and how to accomplish it and what you can expect when running the Undine Battle Zone. So we'll save that discussion for next week. Adam Lejeune writes via PriorityOnePodcast.com. I would not be surprised if the team-oriented play results in me being invited to private matches for the new STF missions. If not, I will do what I can in the battle zone. In other words, it will have little or no impact as I am a lone wolf. I don't like being invited randomly to missions. At least not in Star Trek Online. I was used to it in something like City of Heroes. But whenever I get, like, a, like if I'm in a social zone and I get a random invite, nobody even says hi to me first, they just kind of send the invite, mm-hmm. I'll usually ignore that. And you know why? You know why I don't like it? It's because I have been conditioned to play Star Trek Online as a solo player until endgame, and then by that time, hopefully have a core team of friends that whenever I'm on, I can play with. All right, Sanox Skyrat commented via PriorityOnePodcast.com. Ha 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 ha. I think that's the right number of ha's. <laughs> 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 that was a great ep, guys. So much talent for that voice, Elijah. Oh, I see why this oh, one made it in. Oh, yeah. I'm not the one that does feedback. All right, all right. You have a fan. As for this crew thingy, I was re-watching Voyager, and I think that they're using that as the point of reference for the crew system. Crew dies, but it really has no effect on the ship at all. And if it does, it's only for an episode, and then the next week they're back <laughs> to full strength. <laughs> this was my favorite feedback we got. I'm really glad it's in here, actually. <laughs> Uh, we should include in the show up. notes a link to the video talking about how many torpedoes they used when in the early episode yeah. they said, we have only 47 torpedoes on board the ship. We'll have to make everyone count. And then they fire like 200 torpedoes throughout the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's so true. I never thought of that. I never thought of how much of a miracle ship Voyager was. They, you know what it was? They installed the hollow emitters throughout the ship so the dock can walk around. <laughs> and then the doctor just duplicated himself everywhere yeah every time someone died he made a hollow copy of them it's actually a little creepy dan kochheiser writes via priority one podcast.com sto is very much a solo game at its heart 
Leveling is all solo play till end content. Then all of the end content is about doing things with others or solo play. I am a solo player in all my MMOs, mainly because of family life now allowing me to schedule play times. Pugging is the only way I play once I get to the end. And unless they pull queuing from the game, pugging will always remain. I don't think they should ever remove pugging. They're changing the landscape of a game that has been a certain way for so long, which has been from 1 to 50, you, you're kind of on your own, and then all of a sudden you're thrown into these these missions and these team-oriented play styles. Even now, for endgame players who have several level 50 characters, even now there's that, oh, crap, I need to actually put a team together. This isn't like Infected Space Elite, where even if the pug is terrible... I could still get by. It's no, no. Now it's this. It requires collaboration. It requires communication. So I don't think pugging will ever go away. But like you said, Jace, last week that mm-hmm. the difference between a normal and elite should not be the ability to complete it. Well, I think that normal should be within the grasp of a pug, and right. elite. Yeah, I think you'd have to get a bit lucky on who's in your pug to complete it. I think that would be the best balance. Give people a like challenge this- that they need a group for. That's a balanced group for elite. But, you know, make the accessible version of the content to normal. This new Undine attack, even on normal, to pug that is going to be hard as hell. I think this guy represents a lot of players, though. Not mm-hmm. everybody has priority one to hang out with. But you could. So check us out at <laughs> incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Jay Galloway commented on the Facebook post for this episode. Good episode. Love the update to Axanar. Good job on getting the interview update with them. Anthony Shane McEwen writes on the Facebook post for this episode, Awesome once again. I'm so looking forward to Star Trek Axanar. My thoughts for team play, well, pugs will be pugs no matter what. They are everywhere in every PvE you play. When the time comes, when everyone plays a new PvE over and over again, it will be second nature on what to do. But with teamwork with friends or fleet, it will help in a long way. I look forward to playing side by side with my fleet mates in the upcoming PvE. Typhoon class, don't forget Cryptic, I'm waiting for it. On the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode, Vivian Anthony writes, I heard the podcast. What was the guy smoking when he said 444 is fair? I see 885 or keep everything at the same level and make the cap match what level that the original four tiers are. Cryptic wouldn't have to mess with buffing anything. Uh, well, Anthony, thank you for writing in. I assure you nobody here participates in any medicinal substances, but in its present state, 444 does seem pretty fair, right? Because really there are only four activatable powers, right? So why would you need more than one? And how many more reputation systems could there possibly be and how soon will they pop out? I'm sure that when we get to the point where there are 40 reputation systems, they'll probably up that a bit, right? They'll probably bring 44 to 88 or something like that. But right now, as it stands, the choice between four powers is pretty fair at least for for your active and your space and your ground passes i think it's okay because you can hot swap them so you can always have the four powers that are most essential to whatever you're planning on doing and they do intend to link that to loadouts so if you're going anti-undine you can get in whatever traits we unlock from the undine plus your anti-undine weaponry and all that all at once load in Well, Captains, each week our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, opinions, and suggestions for the show. So please, we encourage you to keep writing in and sharing your thoughts with us. Reach out to us on facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast or follow us on Twitter at STO Priority One. You can also shoot us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. 
Well, that wraps up episode 168 of Priority One Podcast, recorded live on trekradio.net. Remember, we record Thursday nights live on Trek Radio starting at around 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time and 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And you can subscribe by pointing your podcast catcher at feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. Captains, you know we love hearing from you. So let us know what you think of the show and submit your responses to our community question in the comment section of our site or on the Star Trek online forum post for this episode. Now you can even give us a call and leave us a message. Just visit PriorityOnePodcast.com and find out how. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to Facebook.com slash PriorityOnePodcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via at STOPriority1. You can even join the Priority One Podcast chat in-game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join space Priority One. Captains, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. You can continue to support Priority One with real-world donations by helping us reach our monthly financial goals. We are all volunteers, and we could use your help with purchasing new equipment, hosting fees, or to alleviate travel expenses as we cover conventions on location. A very special thanks to everyone who has already contributed and continues to do so on a recurring basis. Without your ongoing support, we would not be able to bring you the content you've grown to enjoy from Priority One Podcast. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. It's a pretty good show. You should check it out. The Priority One fleet is recruiting. If you're interested in joining, just shoot us an email with your at handle and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email is incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast. A big thanks to Chivalry Bean for this week's Foundry Officers Report. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Epic Gamer Radio, Subspace Radio, and Trek Radio. Special thanks to our sponsor, Sayulita.com. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, our listeners, the Star Trek Online community. Without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. In other words, it will have little or no impact as I am a lone wolf player. Oh, crap. In other words, it will have little or no impact as I am a lone wolf. Oh! Lone wolf, lone wolf, lone wolf. Okay. Dan, I, Cookie, you're doing it on purpose. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Koshheiser. 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 Okay. Dan Kochheiser writes Kuchheiser. via Priority. 
That's I don't definitely think not correct. Not, that is 100% <laughs> not correct. This successful plot run resulted in a first contact Pilot. engagement. Pilot run. What did I say? Plot run. Plot run. Plot. <laughs> okay. Complete the mission aboard the Lisette and you will be rewarded with a small nan of nan. Nanov. Nanov. It's a nanov non. Nanov. 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 Like that? Nanov. Nanov. That's. That's what you, I'm saying exactly what you're saying. Nanav. 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 Like that? Nanav. That doesn't help. That's Nanav to me. All right. This isn't birth is Republic really Day. Fast. I'll just say it really fast. Nanav. Complete the mission aboard the Lisette and you will be rewarded with a small Nanav Nanav combat. Oh my God. This is like Caddyshack. I was trying to say it really fast so I didn't have to do it. No, the no, 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 nanov no, no, no. and non together do to make it hard. No, 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 no. Non-combat then, pet. Okay. Several weeks ago in episodes 158 and 158.5, we chatted with STO's lead designer, Alric... Some guy. We chatted with... <laughs> <laughs> uh, some guy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect the Captain Gecko. I was just starting to say Rivera. Uh, All right. Al, some guy. <laughs> I'm going to get tweeted about that. They work for all human-like species. 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 Okay. <laughs> they work... I'm sorry. What <laughs> the hell just happened? I was saying... Did you break... <laughs> There's a gl- Did you just glitch break? in the Matrix. Species, species, or species. The English you language just is broke. so weird. <laughs> she just broke. <laughs> species, right? Species. It's you know one of you know like when you're like you're. It's one of those times when you say a word and you you just forgot what it was and you you don't know how to say it right. And it's like, is this a real word? Am I saying is this a real word? Is it a real word? Species. Is it species or species? Species. Species. They not species. Species. Not species. Not species. Mine species. Species. Mine species. Not species. Okay. 